0: Two friends from a small town in West Virginia Have one thing in common A love of hip-hop So it's only right That they get together to wax poetic About what they love This is Hip-Hop Manifesto The podcast. My man put me up for the shit
1: 4 for a square Headed for Delaware With one change of gear Nothing on my mind But the dime sack We blaze With the glaze
0: in my eye That we find when we crave Live from Bedford Sun, The liveest one Representing BK To the fullest Cats pull- We ain't even talking about Biggie Okay my check One two one two Mic check my check You wanna fuck with the king What are you gonna to- Alright my bad. It is April yes. 21st And you're watching NBA Inside Stuff With nice. B-Chivalry we decided to just change the whole format.
2: We're not even going to talk about hip-hop anymore. We're done with Basketball. hip-hop.
0: We're straight talking about hip-hop. I want to talk about Ray Allen last night, Thought Ray Allen broke my fucking heart last night. Nah, I'm playing. <laughs> Welcome to Hip-Hop Manifesto, the podcast. I always say that for you, the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Hip-Hop Manifesto, the podcast.
2: That's easier on the ears. I'm
0: B-Hyphen, also known as Kevin Conley, and this is my esteemed cohort, cohort, Matthew Michael Spencer, also known as Chivalry.
2: Hello, folks. Welcome to Hip Hop Manifesto. Today, we'll be talking, talking about the
0: classic sounds of the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, and also DMX. Very soothing stuff.
2: All your favorite hits <laughs> from the 1990s to the early thousands. Songs like... <laughs>
0: What these bitches want from a nigga?
2: <laughs> so in the real world.
0: <laughs> Back to reality. Um yeah, happy like yesterday. Happy 420 yesterday, yes. It's raining still in Morgantown. But it rains all the time in Morgantown. Um I guess this is going to be episode 4. Of hip hop manifesto, made it to episode four. Yeah, keep on trucking, you know. So
2: right now, our average—I <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't want to talk about well, we're our average. We never do the math. Our average is not good. Um, and we tried to do the math last show. And <laughs> speaking
0: of math, we'll be talking about math skills in this episode. Yes, we will. This episode is actually going to be our um a first in a series. <laughs> I laugh because we're only on our fourth episode, <laughs> and we're talking about
2: series. So when we um, say serious, we can't even say it seriously. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was
0: nice. Shut up. So what we decided to call this, classic albums? Yeah, something like that. Classic album, classic album battle, whatever. Today on the show, we're going to take two albums from 1996 from two very well-known rappers, MCs, whatever you want to call them, bunch of noise if you're older, Um I'm going to take a man named Sean Carter and a guy named Nazir Jones, and we're going to put their albums from 1996 against each other. Those albums being uh, Reasonable Doubt from Jay-Z, and it was written from Nas.
2: In a series we would like to call It Was Doubt. <laughs>
0: you see how we mashed it together like Bennifer? Oh, Yeah, we're so current. Um... <laughs>
2: No, so basically, we're, we're going to yeah. talk about different elements from each album. And we had a little bit of a debate about this in the beginning because, okay, um, Reasonable Doubt, as everyone knows, is Jay-Z's first album. Yes. It Was Written is not Nas's first album. But explain to him why we didn't do it that way.
0: The reason why we didn't do the first album versus the first album Nas and Jay-Z, Nas came out two years before Jay-Z in 94. And 94 was still pretty rough rugged east coast sound that was like the big thing in hip-hop then not taking anything away from the west coast i ain't trying to get shot i know some of y'all stragglers that still think the beef is on but it's not it's deaded. anyway we um the sound was just so much different from jay-z to Nas's first album because jay-z was coming in on the jiggy era that's what i like to call it like when everybody's popping bottles and had money and was so mafia and which is kind of brought in by Cuban links that's a different episode <laughs> and um so basically like they're, they're two different styles yeah,
2: Illmatic was kind of the end of a certain era and even though it was two years apart before the next album it was written Our unreasonable doubt came out <laughs> unreasonable doubt uh, <laughs> in that two years there's a, a lot of transition in styles that you would hear coming out so it's just it's you can't really compare the two it's just two different types of things but what we're gonna right. do is to two albums that came out about the same time. Um, Reasonable Doubt being actually one of, in my opinion, Jay-Z's finer works. And, Probably his uh, best work. It was written, which is just the Nas equivalent of the time. And one thing to keep in mind is you say, you know, Jay-Z and Nas, Yeah, that's definitely, they're two of the biggest people in hip-hop even still. But at this time, it was right after Illmatic and all the acclaim that Nas got from Illmatic at the time. So... People are looking at Nas like he's the greatest MC alive at this point since, like, Rakim with his lyrics. Yeah. And then in comes Jay-Z. And, of course, we all know how Jay-Z ended up where he is now. And he's the newcomer. And then. if
0: you don't, we will explain it eventually. <laughs> if we get past this episode.
2: <laughs> okay, so. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. What do you want to start out with? you want to start out with Nas? Well, um,
0: before we get into the actual, actual albums, I think we should acknowledge a, a very special date that's coming up here. If this episode gets out before then, but if not, we'll still acknowledge the date. Um, April 23rd last year was the first post on Hip Hop Manifesto, the blog, so technically we're like a year old, and about this time last year is when we sat down to record episode one, which is, if you're looking at the page, it looks like it wasn't that long ago, but it was a year ago when we sat down and did our Why Hip Hop episode, and we appreciate all the great feedback we got from like Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson from Better in the Dark, and From the Chronic Riff, from John S. Drew, and just our friends and stuff. Everybody seems to really enjoy the podcast, and we really appreciate all the love we're getting, and we hope to continue to keep bringing you Hip Hop Manifesto, and maybe even more regularly, so that you can enjoy it
2: more. And on that note, uh, Mr. Conley, I've got you a very special (laughs) present for this very prestigious occasion. You did. You did. Here you go, sir. For our one year anniversary, here's a dime I found on your floor. <laughs> you got me a dime. See, see, see this is for 10 posts now that, that we may reach four years from now. <laughs> <laughs> see,
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, now this reminds me of other podcasts I listen to because you know I, I listen to podcasts when I don't want to listen to music. So, one time on Better Than Dark, Tom gave Derek a, an iPod or a MP3 player. It's like a listen to podcasts, it's like early episodes. And then I was and then on the Geeks of Vance podcast that I listened to, they chipped in and got one of their members a Wii. And they sat there and played the Wii for like the first twenty minutes and almost ended the episode. So this this is real special because I don't know how many gifts have went down in podcast history, but this, this is up there. This is up there. It's it's a dime off my own floor. It's something that you know I already like. It's money.
2: So you're trying to say that in the podcast world, I am the cheapest bastard that there is that is giving a gift <laughs> on air. Yes. That is exactly what I mean. Okay, so for a one year anniversary. Here <laughs> Happy one
0: Year Anniversary Hip Hop manifesto, the blog, and the Podcast and the MySpace and the dot org. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, all right, one seriously. year anniversary.
2: Alright, we got that out there. That's that's an accomplishment and a, a failure all at the same time. Alright, so on to the albums.
0: Um, alright, so I guess the album we should start with is um is not as it was written. Okay. Because that's the album we just listened to. It. Like we just listened to it. Like not even five minutes ago, we just finished it.
2: Not for the first time, obviously.
0: Actually, it was my first time. No, I'm kidding. Um, so we're
2: just gonna go through the track list. So, okay, we're gonna start out with the album intro. No, no, hold on, hold on. Before we do uh, that, uh, uh, we gotta give them some background information. Unorganized. Like
0: we said, no. no. It was written as Nas's second album. It was released on July 2nd, 1996. Released on Columbia Records, which is Nas's first um, record label. And um, had uh, featured three singles. Had um, three videos. Because it had, If I Rule The World, Street Dreams, and then the Street Dreams remix. I don't yeah. think The Message got a video.
2: I don't think it ever did either. Okay. Although I thought there were some street videos that came out. It was like unofficial.
0: That's the weird thing about the, about the 90s, though. There was a lot of videos that was out that you didn't see on the mainstream yeah. videos. And then you go on YouTube, and it's like, oh, here's a video for I Gave You Power. I'm like, what? So
2: And it was a half porn. You're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be like, yes. No, I mean, if you look at like old uh, Tupac videos that got unreleased. Really I still can't
0: find a did. fucking clean version of them. Um, how do you want it? All I want is something where I can see everything in the video. I'm tired of this little tiny grainy stuff that I can see a little nipple there. I need to see the real thing. I'm going to holler at my pot. <laughs> I know you're out there. Like, yo, pot, send me the YouTube video, dog. But, um, let's go start on the album intro. And that's what it's actually called. Um, Nas and AZ did the album intro together. And, um, why don't you go ahead and tell them exactly what the album intro persisted of, or can, consisted of.
2: Well, when you listen to it, it's just like listening to The Roots. And I don't mean The Roots as in the artist, but Roots you as in You mean Alex the Haley Roots? Yes, Alex Haley Roots. Okay. LeVar Burton Roots.
0: Um, OJ Simpson Roots.
2: Wow. He was in we're Roots. We're going to The Roots. He was in Roots. But... It's, you know, uh, Nas just saying, it's, I don't know how to describe it other than the fact that Nas is the slave who's breaking the chains and leaving saying, you know, fuck this, I don't need this.
0: Yeah, it's more like, it's almost more of like a a skit more than an intro. because it doesn't
2: tie in with the rest of them, so. Yeah. Usually an interlude, or the ones that are on the albums, kind of tie in the album together and make it cohesive. Yeah. This is just kind of thrown on there. It really felt out of place, so.
0: Yeah, we just listened to it. I didn't. I didn't really like it because I felt like he was, like, if he put this on untitled, like the album he just put out, I could be like, okay, that makes yeah, sense. I, I mean, the I, fucking album's what? supposed to be called Nigger anyway. It but, just seemed out of yeah, place it here. Was
2: definitely, just kind of weird.
0: He shouldn't. He shouldn't went there. Track number two was the message, and it was produced by Trackmasters,
2: along with a lot of other songs on this. Yeah, album. Yeah,
0: Trackmasters is all over this album, and the Trackmasters kind of get unfair. Um, I guess, stigma attached to them because, because they had a lot to do with this album and they had a lot to do with a lot of music that came out in this era, Definitely. the 96, 97, 98. They were on a lot of stuff. A lot of people say they, they had a part in ruining hip-hop, but they made some ill-ass beats. And it's just, it's not their fault the artists decide to do what they did over <laughs> it. And if it is, then I would guess I'm guessing I'm going to have to give Tone and Poke a call. So <laughs> the message is, um like that's the same beat that Pac has, right? Or is it Street Dreams, the podcast?
2: I don't know. Um, Which song are you talking about?
0: Like, you know, when, um, on All Eyes on Me, um, they have the same beat. Nas and Tupac had the same beat. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't remember if it was The Message or if it was... Um, yeah, it was The Message. Because Tupac had a song over this. or oh, wait.
2: See, when I hear both of them, they're what so different with the way that they flow over it. I mean... You know that they're the same song, but it just... No, it's the Street same, Dreams. I'm pretty sure it's Street Dreams. The same beat, like, whenever you hear it. And it's just completely different. Like, you can't even, like, put it together in your brain and it's the same song from both of these artists, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I definitely see your point. But the message is, is the first track on the album...
1: Fake dog no love, you get the slug CB4 Gusto, your luck though I didn't know till I was drunk though You freak niggas played out, get fucked and ate out Prostitute turn bitch, I got the gauge out 96 ways I made out Montana way to good, F-E-L-L-A Verbal AK spray, tip attached Jump out the range, empty out the ass tray. A glass of Zay, making mad casters Clay, red dot plots, murder schemes 32 shotguns, regulate with my third And
0: 17- I-, I love the beat I'm a big fan of the beat Uh I um personally and like if you're listening to this album directly from ilmatic or as a fan of ilmatic you're not too disappointed here because Nas is actually bringing it lyrically yeah i mean he's not slouching he's start. i mean you can of course hear the the mouth your references and the
2: Nas Escobar. i yeah. think is the first time i so so. said it <laughs> that's later um but it it's an interesting yeah uh first song put on the album because it's such a combination of styles from what was on Illmatic to where it was just like the straight flow of Nas like just yeah. just writing the way he writes and then with kind of the style that ends up being on It Was Written that it almost it sets the bar a little bit too high like if you listen to this song you expect all the songs to be like this on the album it could be really disappointing if you start the album and you think the rest is gonna be like this cause it's not yeah. not that it's bad it's you have to realize that the message is a stepping stone towards the rest of it.
0: Yeah, and a lot of, um, I guess guess Nas knew what he was doing by putting this first because a lot of people would say it's down here from the hill from there. I'm not going to say that yet.
2: (laughs) We'll see what I say at the end of this,
0: but I'm not going to say that. Track number three is called Street Dreams, also produced by the Trackmasters, and it actually samples a familiar song, Sweet Dreams are made of this by the Eurythmics. An 80s song i'm sure i'm sure some of you know that song um and this song not in the video this when people start looking at Nas weird because yeah. Nas basically took the movie casino and tried to make it into a video Nas is rocking a pink suit which definitely wasn't very cool in 1996
2: he has chip two still
0: still has a chip tooth talking <laughs> about how much money he's got and how gangster it is and and how much how many keys he's flipping and and he has chip tooth. I mean, come come on, Nas, come on, smart up, Nas. <laughs> but um, I actually I can't hate on Street Dreams either. I like at first. I still like it. At night when I first heard it, of course I was just getting the hip hop. Then when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is alright. This Nas guy's not too bad, cause I ain't fuck with Nas yet. But I, I wasn't too disappointed with this. So I, I I'm a fan of Street Dreams, and now looking back, I'm definitely a fan of it because of the story he did tell, regardless of um. The era, or the Jiggy era, or the mafioso stuff, but it was in. the
2: beginning of a lot of pop songs for Nas, and you can almost say it's his crossover song, because if you listen to Illmatic, <laughs> there's nothing from Illmatic that would make it a hot radio single for like this period of hip hop to fit in with the rest of his there. Not that it wasn't. I mean, to me, Illmatic is one of the greatest out al- is the greatest album in most cases, but. This it's is your a, greatest album? It's it's one of yeah it's it's in it's my top your five. Your greatest album? One of my top five. It's
0: your great okay,
2: <laughs> but it, it really it really. I wouldn't is.
0: put Omatic up there as in my top five probably. Hate?
2: It's not hate. <laughs> I'm playing, but really Street Dreams. I mean, it was one of the first ones I ever saw Nas in a video like that. Yeah, and it was definitely a different look for him. Yeah, definitely. But uh, it I guess it worked
0: for him. I mean, he's he 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 sold Successful singles. Man. I mean, the album did well. Millions upon millions of record sales later. (laughs) Exactly. So props to you, (laughs) Nazir. Now, number four, this track is called I Gave You Power. And this is actually produced by DJ Premier, who did three tracks on Illmatic. Now, this is probably a lot of people, like a lot of people who like Illmatic, love Illmatic. This is probably their favorite song on it was written. Yeah. Because basically I Gave You Power is Nas telling a story throughout the song as a gun. So he's the gun and he's telling all these people's stories as he passes from hand to hand. And it's a really really great story and probably one of the big probably one of better if if somebody asked somebody me to make a list of hip hop story songs or just overall good hip hop songs or what how hip hop should be, I would definitely put I gave you power and, like in consideration to be on that list.
2: It's definitely also one of the best metaphor songs in hip hop too. Yeah. I mean, this he as far as I know, he was one of the first people to rap about being a gun. But if you uh look there's a, a couple other songs. The only other one that comes to mind right now is G U N Love by uh Mob Deep, if you wanna compare that. I mean Yeah. But anyway And then know. apparently on Jada
0: Kiss's new album, Last Kiss, he has a song where he's a gun. And then a lot of people will say Me and My Bitch was that way too. Yeah.
2: Tupac's It definitely was. And really, I mean, Nas was the first one to do it. Or not Me and My Bitch, I'm sorry. Yeah, Me and My Girlfriend. Man,
0: Pac's gonna punch me in my face when I see him next time you at the casino. You ain't getting video from Pop- Pac now. Apparently <laughs> not. I mean, I'll, I'll have to give him his money back sooner. But um, Me and My Girlfriend was a song where Tupac's girlfriend was really a gun. Um, Go ahead, I'm sorry mean interrupt So yeah,
2: it's one of the the very first uh, the metaphor songs like that. Like, I mean, it really set the stage later on when you really see that Nas really did influence a lot of your more modern rappers that your you didn't favorite rappers be. rapper exactly <laughs> <laughs> but really uh i give you power is a really good song and definitely one of the better ones on the album regardless what your taste is from the era it
0: is but then it's also another one of those misleading songs where you just got through street <laughs> dreams and you're like okay Nas, i'm not sure what you're doing here but but let's see where you're going then you get i gave you power and you're like you kind of feel a little bit more you're like okay Nas, I'm, I'm i'm messing with it i'm i'm dealing with it you know and then we get to track number five, <laughs> called Watch Them M-Bombs.
2: Or for black people, watch them niggas. Or if you're Jim Jones. <laughs> watch them my Obamas. Explain that to them. I was on Twitter the other day. I was looking at Jim Twitter, Jones.
0: Twitter.com slash hip-hop manifesto. <laughs> Twitter.com slash b Twitter.com slash chivalry. Go ahead.
2: Wow, that's starting to sound like Charles Hamilton. Charles Hamilton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> nah, I was, I was on Twitter the other day I was looking at Jim Jones And I don't even really feel Jim Jones like that But he's a rapper and I want to stay I enjoy Jimmy's music You know, in hip hop So I stay up to date, I follow all the rappers I, I want all the inside scoop for people that don't know how to use DM To move personal information to each other uh. <laughs> But anyway <laughs> arf, arf. <laughs> Instead of dropping the in bombs What? <laughs> Jim Jones it's calling everybody my Obama. I guess that's the hot thing now in the dip set, but you know, dip <laughs> set's dip set.
0: <laughs> I think that's personally stupid, and also disrespectful to the president. But let me let me ask you. So I'm going go out on a little tangent right now. Since Obama is president now, do you find it more annoying that he's black? <laughs> like, as far as mean? like what people will say about him, or. Things that people do because we have a black president now, not so much their behavior. But uh, I mean, compared to like, say Obama was the same person, just white, right. and then compared to what Obama is, uh, or Obama really, like, do you think that
2: like oh, black people were just people Be- are like
0: <laughs> going, like, just going way too far just because he's a black president? And stuff? Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, when you start seeing someone like Obama on koogee clothes, <laughs> you're like, you know, you don't care about the president yeah. like that. Yeah,
0: exactly. And and the thing that always bothered me about uh, about Obama, I mean I voted for him, I supported the man, the president. But um thing always bothered me about how much I guess the Hood or the blacks <laughs> supported yeah. him.
2: This is a black man saying this do not kill me. I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry, I'm kidding. Um the thing that bothered me about how much support he got, you would get your regular support like me, like I support Obama, support his issues. And eventually, we, every now and then, we're like, yeah, he's also a black president. Why not vote for him? I mean, that's not my bottom line, even though some people may say different. But um, then you got those people that see he's a black man running for president, and they're just so excited by that that they want to just run with it and go into ridiculousness with it.
2: But how come Al Sharpton didn't get votes like that, man? Al, Al Sharpton didn't speak like Obama. Oh, it's because he speaks so well. It's because he speaks so well. Exactly. He's got the good hair.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. All right, so back to hip-hop. Track number five, Watch Them Niggas. This is produced by Trackmasters again, and it features a young Foxy Brown, because this is like 96, and she... This is
2: like back when she could hear. (laughs) Low blow. Um, She was... Well, she doesn't hear it now. I think... (laughs) I think Jay...
0: I think she said she was 15 when she did "Ain't No Nigga." I can't remember if "Ain't No Nigga" was yeah, before be No, "Ain't No Nigga" doubt. came out before this.
2: Yeah, she's gonna be on reasonable doubt. And yeah, we'll get to that part so of it later. She was
0: on. 15 when she did it, and then she's basically 16 by the time she got her Def Jam deal. Foxy Brown was supposed to be in a hip hop super group called The Firm with Nas, A.Z., and Cormega originally, and it eventually became Nature, but that's a different story. And <laughs> sorry, Fo- Nature. Foxy guessed on this, song now. Watch the beat is okay. I'm not a huge fan of the beat personally. And Nas really isn't that bad, but Foxy ruins the song for me and I think Totally. It, it goes back to a comment I just made to Matt when we were playing Mario Kart.
2: Yeah, we were um, doing that while we were listening to it was yeah, written.
0: Multitasking. Um Foxy always seemed to work better with Jay because I suspect Jay wrote her stuff for her, or at least gave her a little bit of edge. I don't think Nas went so far as to write stuff for her, and if he did, I think he dumbed it down so much that it made her come off worse than what she was actually capable of being. So, Foxy didn't do this much for me on the song, and that kind of ruined the whole song for me.
2: Although, what's Foxy Brown's real name? It's Inga, right? Inga Marchand. Well, if you look at the uh, the credits, apparently she didn't write her verse, or at least she didn't. she's not credited so, with writing yeah, her verse. So,
0: Nas probably did write it for her.
2: But... I don't know, maybe just Foxy could spit her rhymes better when Jay was writing for her or something like that. But. Maybe maybe Jay's more involved. Maybe. Maybe. No. But either way, Foxy was just really out of place on this album. It, Like I was telling uh, <laughs> Hyphen earlier, this is one of the songs I skip whenever I get to this album.
0: Yeah. I have to agree with that. So. Track.
2: <laughs>
0: Foxy, you poor thing. I'd probably still smash, though. Probably yeah. still would smash, whether she could hear or not. Number six, <laughs> Take It in Blood. Um, This is a nice solo song. And this one is actually produced by Live Squad, Low Ground, and Top General Sounds. All those Ultramatic
2: MCs, that's who it was.
0: Oh, okay. Has a has a famous sample from Ease Back by Ultramagnetic MCs. Of course, our dumbasses couldn't figure that out while we're driving on
2: Mario Kart tracks. Yeah, we talk all uh, old school, and this is we hear. Like, what was that sample again? <laughs> I made it like that. I bought it like that.
1: made it trusted a messiah. I'm spinning it to get higher. Earth, and fire. Singing reasons why I'm up early. Trustworthy as a at bus. Early
0: <laughs> But um, this this track is actually better than Watch Them Niggas, in my opinion. I like I like the beat. Yeah. Nas coulda came better on the verses a little bit. I kind of kind of got bored in parts. The hook the hook actually it works at times. It just depends on your mood. Like sometimes you'd be like probably like uh, yeah I'm fucking winning. Another time you'd be like skip. So it's it's a
2: hit or miss track, but it's it's not bad for being no, an average song on the album. It's still pretty good.
0: It is, I I agree. Track number seven. Uh oh, it's called Nas is coming. Look out! <laughs> and this Nas is, is
2: coming <laughs> for real. Shit. <laughs> um, it's kind of a weird song, but first pro- we're gonna talk about Dr. Dre. It was produced because, yeah.
0: by Dr. Dre, and this is probably, I, I prefer to say Dr. Dre's weakest era of beat making unless you want to say the, probably the past couple of years in between, not really albums, but I guess from '04 to now.
2: Yeah, If you're getting into Dr. Dre's production and you're trying to start at the beginning don't pay too much attention to this era.
0: <laughs> like, from the time he finished Chronic and did Doggy Style like, anything he did after Doggy Style up until he started doing Eminem's beats in 98, 99
2: one of those years? Yeah, because this he, is when he was starting his own label.
0: Yeah, he was starting Aftermath Entertainment. It, like, his beats, he was really trying for a, a real West Coasty sound. But his whole West Coast sound sounded exactly the same. So he would do a song like Been There, Done That, which I really loved when I first heard it. Then turn around and give a beat like Ghetto Fabulous to um wow. Raz Kaz. Then turn around and give Natural Born Killers to Ice Cube. Then do um, keep their heads ringing on the Friday soundtrack and all those beats sound the same and he's coming and of course he's rapping the same because we all know Drake can't write his own rhymes. I don't know who was writing for him, but I mean he just made him sound uh, made him sound the same on a lot of the of the tracks he was doing then. And so the thing was back then, like the firm was gonna come out on Aftermath, Dr. Dre's label, and there's even rumors that Dr. Dre was trying to sign Nas to Aftermath, and so this is like their first big collaboration. Like this is what's going to come from this. Like this is like as soon as you saw it or read about it, yeah. it's like this is where we're going. This is this yeah. is the new Nas. Like this is when everything he did on Matic just kind of got shit on in a way, because a lot of this is where a lot of people get mad. Totally. And it's and honestly. Nas isn't that bad on the song. Nas does his thing, yeah. But it's like I said, the beat—I'm not feeling the beat. And the hook, the heat is weak because Nas the heat is, is weak.
2: coming. <laughs> do that again. No, I ain't doing it again. Do it again. Do it again? You're already going as I know it.
0: <laughs> Nas is coming. There's this a chick singing the hook, and she just repeats Nas is coming, and then it sounds like there's a Gwen Stefani ripoff, unless Gwen was getting some early checks when she's like a teenager. <laughs> Um, singing at the end of the hook the, the hook doesn't work
2: you know what I think about this hook what? it seems like it should be the theme song for a really bad black exploitation film <laughs> like Nas is like this uh, this guy from you know Queensbridge Queensbridge <laughs> um. and he's just he's just bad <laughs> when he's coming for you man you better look out cause Nas is coming
0: <laughs> who's the baddest man from Queensbridge Nas? <laughs> Nas is coming <laughs> Nas is coming
2: and you know they, they just play this hook Anytime Nas walks into the room and everybody's just... <laughs> Every time he's about to beat somebody's ass. Yeah, everybody's just ghosts ghost because, oh my God, Nas is coming. And then, since But it don't really work like that. It's almost like a parody of what they're trying to do. Yeah. And a lot of people criticize Nas because they say Nas ain't really got the street cred like that. And we're, we'll talk about street cred maybe some other time. Mm-hmm. Because really, Nas is almost like a street poet when you really get down to it. He probably Fuck didn't poet. do all the stuff that he talks about. But this song almost serves more as a parody instead of like the the gangster character that he was trying to portray and would end up portraying in the firm that would come after this. Yeah. So it it's just a really weird feeling to it. But Nas's rhymes are still on point for the whole thing. So.
0: Yeah, and also when you mention Nas is coming in black exploitation film and all since it's black exploitation, I could also see it playing when Nas is with a, with a fine female, and then that <laughs> moment comes of like Nas is coming.
2: Scene the more change. Tundra, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Joel's in the studio. But um, all right. So now
0: on. So this is so this is probably where the album really takes a dip for me because from I gave you power to Nas is coming. We've just kind of went sliding down a, a slippery
2: slope. Does not take a dip because the next joint. Well, Like you're awesome. in agreement
0: with me that the album's dipping. There is some dips. I mean, at this point, you feel like it's a dip. Definitely
2: It definitely did In fact Street Dreams Almost shouldn't have been Track number two It should have went The Message And then It should have went to uh, What was it Taken in Blood That was after that Or Sorry uh, I Gave You Power uh-huh. I think Gave You Power Should have Transitioned a whole lot better If it was up there By The Message But then you would have been So thrown off You're like I don't know where Nas is coming from. <laughs> and then he would hurt, it, hurt his back girl.
0: Nas is coming. Like a bad horse. I know he's coming, but Nas I don't know where coming. he's coming from. Goddamn Nas. Nas is coming. <laughs>
2: okay, so Did moving on.
0: Go ahead and tell them what the next track is. You do some track titles. All
2: right, we're going to do the next track, which is Affirmative Action. boom. The beat, the beat is incredible. The beat is one of my my favorite all time, <laughs> and it's it's actually, I thought for the longest time that this was a Dr. Dre beat. I did and too. I mean, it just has that feel too. It's right after another Dr. Dre song. You're like, oh no, I'll just make this Dr. Dre too. And this
0: would have been a dope Dr. Dre beat.
2: <laughs> and like if, this sounds like some Dre should be doing definitely. Time. And. You know what? This is a, a song that you could just as easily hear Pac on as well because yeah. it's got that like Spanish guitar type uh, feel to it,
0: and also it, it reminds me a lot of phone tap in a way too. Yeah, yeah, it's like because Dre did phone tap.
2: And on a personal note, affirmative action, like the beat, moved me so much that it was actually the very first instrumental that I ever rhymed and recorded over. I mean, it's just. Is when you hear those songs and if you're an artist then
0: definitely just set up an audio clip.
2: I, I no I did I <laughs> Do not put that on there. But you know, certain songs really, really inspire you enough where you're like, I gotta record something to it. Yeah. And so the beat is unbelievable. Uh, as far as the song, uh, <laughs> it's really appropriate that Nas is coming is right before this. This is the first
0: firm song, ladies and gentlemen. The first. The first. Wouldn't be the last, unfortunately.
2: And I never realized the sample that's actually in Affirmative Action is from uh, Etta James. Never knew that. I've got to go back and listen to it now to, yeah, to The Yeah, the sample's it.
0: called Hard to Handle. I'm, um, I'm glad to look that up, too. I don't recall that song.
2: So, The Firm is on it. Nas, Nas actually does his thing on it, uh, just yeah. like the rest of the album.
0: Nas does really well on this track. But it's... Uh, and just for the record, Trackmasters yeah, did this beat, too.
2: Yeah, it wasn't Dr. Dre. And so, AZ, Cormega, Foxy Brown, The Firm, as they later become, or well, would be... Entitled as or credited for uh, this song are all on the track, and it's it's weird if you're putting this and comparing it to the rest of the songs. It's almost out of place too because the instrumental is unlike any of the other ones too. Yeah. And then you have A. Z. Cormega and Foxy Brown all on it, and it just has that feel. It's so different from the rest of the album. It almost would belong more as just like the lead single on the Firm, firm album, album. Yeah. which was I think was Phone Tap, right?
0: Yeah, Phone Tap. No, no, Firm Biz.
2: Firm biz, yeah. Featuring um Don from Invoke. Yeah. I'm
0: talking firm firm biz.
2: But Oh, Don from Invoke. So do you uh do you want to touch on the mathematics of this song?
0: <laughs> Nas came Nas was good, Az was good, Cormega even came good, and I'm not I am not big on Cormega's voice so, but I I, I, uh, I, I recognize re- his talent. Yeah. Re-
2: <laughs> You're trying to throw that in the middle of your sentence.
0: <laughs> I recognize his talent. Foxy. Did write her verse, as this credit says, and she has a part towards the end of her verse where she decides she wants to do some math. The nigga with the cheddar was mad but He had a fucking villa in
1: Manila. We got the fleet of Panama. We'll weight wait half and half. Keys is one and two fifths on how we flip. 32 grams raw, chopping a half is 16. Double it times three. We got 48, which mean a whole lot of cream. Divide the profit by four, subtract it by eight. We back to 16. Now add the other two that mega bring through. So let's see. If we flip this other key, then that's more for me. Mad Coke and Mad League plus a 500. Cut in half is 250. Now triple that times three. We got of another key. The fur, baby. Volume one.
0: Uh. Her math is so horrible. So horrible. And the worst part was, she had three dudes that are on the same track with her.
2: All claimants who were...
0: Be in a group with her. Be riding be with her. in the pharmaceutical
2: her. sciences.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then you also have two producers in the track masters, and even this guy, Dave Atkinson. He heard
2: the track. That's right, we're calling you out Dave Atkinson.
0: And then you had anybody that heard the album before the album actually came out. They let the poor girl leave her bad mathematics on the track. They didn't try to fix it. They didn't hit her up and be like, hey, your math's wrong. Fix your verse. They didn't they didn't do her no favors. No, they just let her nah. and get thrown out there. And that's another reason why Maybe she worked better with Jay. I don't think Jay would've let that shit happen. <laughs> well when you're listening to it, you think
2: I don't know what she's saying. I don't know, but it's hot. I it, like it. It does sound hot. Her delivery is, gonna... is nasty. Her delivery you, is nasty. If you're hanging on every word, pay attention to the lyrics. You're like, wait, wait, wait. wait. Two plus two is six? Nah, Cam ain't doing my math again, is he? <laughs> <laughs> boogity boogity. Computer's peeping. 16 homo minus
0: 16 no homo. equals no homo. Thanks for homo. the
2: algebra, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> or realistically, yeah, it'll throw you off if you pay attention to it. Other so, people might not catch it. Honestly,
0: if you get the Foxy's verse, try not to listen to what she's saying. Yeah. Just kind of pa- listen yeah. to her voice but don't listen to well, but, her yeah,
2: Just look at some pictures on the internet of Foxy Brown. You won't even pay attention to what she's or saying. Or just
0: look at Sasha Gray while you listen to Foxy Brown and you probably won't even remember that Foxy Brown is going
2: on. And just remember that Sasha Gray is Chivalry's girlfriend.
0: You mother... Oh, I took it there. No, <laughs> no. I showed you what Tom said. When I posted the thing, Tom's like, "While well, you two were arguing, he swooped in and took our girl, yo."
2: We're looking for you, Tom. Yo, guess what? Guess what, Tom? I, I, Nas is coming.
0: <laughs> Nas is coming. <laughs> Track number nine, though. This one is called "The Setup," and it's produced by Havoc of Mob Deep. Mob Deep, um, around is this another. Time, they were Mob Deep was probably real big. Hell on Earth. they were recording Hell on time. Earth. Um, probably one of the greatest hip hop groups of all time at one point. Not anymore.
2: No. No? No.
0: No? How are you gonna say no? no? Cause you really, you're that's because you're so you're gonna no, no, go no, and no, put no. all these other groups in front of them. No, I can't Out of top ten you wouldn't say Mob D. No? Never. No. no. And I like Earth, Hell on Earth. and Helen O's is a great Even murder album. music? You say no. No. Why?
2: It just felt it felt wrong. <laughs> <laughs> No, like you listen to it. And, you in know, my opinion, they're they're one probably one of the greatest. I'm gonna touch on time. street cred a little bit here for the discussion we'll have again later, but if we get to know, I couldn't episode. believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like the character that they were portraying to me, I'm not gonna think that some little five foot eleven dude <laughs> that's got sickle cell anemia is gonna be that tough.
0: See, okay, all right, all right. Now, now you're actually bringing in real life characteristics to the music, though. You have
2: to, though. You do, but I mean... Do you think that Foxy at, Brown is going to be that good of a drug dealer if she can't count her own keys? No. Mom. No, but I mean, you're letting you're letting your prodigy's physical appearance all
0: right, all right. All right. affect your opinion of Mob Deep's music, all right. early music. <laughs>
2: okay. If, and that, all right, that's if not I go fair. Back, right, I'm going to go back in the time That's machine. like saying
0: Jay-Z's talking about getting all these bitches. Everybody knows Jay's ugly. Yeah, but he's rich. <laughs> he wasn't rich when he's talking about getting all these bitches. If they don't know that. Bitches are stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry bitches The views of Matthew Spencer Does not represent Hip Hop Manifesto Or Kellen right, Conley
2: I'm gonna hop in my My hip hop time machine <laughs> I'm going back To the 90s I liked Hell on Earth It was a great album Like What was that line That uh, uh, Havoc said On like Prophets weren't Or not Havoc But Prodigy said on He's like Leave you like the letter T You won't see me run Unless it's police Now Take these words home And think it through Or the next, next time rhyme I write might, might be about you. you That shit is hot And you look at like Shook ones And you're like those are great and those are be classic beats like why do you think it got mentioned like or used like it did in eight miles because that's that's classic shit that hip-hop people can relate to but if you put it in the top 10 it doesn't compare to the genius of some of the the other arts that are in hip-hop like are you gonna put it up there with like reasonable doubt hell no, no. because you can't get through I these albums group. with not even group I don't not know. even group.
0: Give me, give me some other people that's better than
2: Wu Tang Clan. And okay, I don't, I don't mess with Wu like yes,
0: that. Yes, Wu was better than Mob Deep. Yes. Yes. Okay.
2: Okay, and there will be more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, you ain't got. Uh, you can't even name three.
2: I mean, uh, you're probably gonna be a Houdini run run DMC. Yeah, I mean, you could go. Oh, man, you could go old school. But I ain't going old school. I just well. Here's another thing. If if we're talking about Mob Deep like a group. I don't really look at them as a group because I don't really think of Havoc as a rapper because I don't like Havoc's flow like that. It's just, it's half ass. I mean, you look at the, you, it better off, compare it to, say, Talib Kweli and High Tech because High Tech would rap. Or look at Pete Rock and CL Smooth because Pete Rock would rap on the, the album too. Like, High Tech would rap, Pete Rock would rap. Like, Pete Rock at, was way better than High yeah, Tech. Yeah, but they're all, <laughs> what I'm saying is that they're producers that rap with it and their names are together they are a group that's together but you're not going to say pete rock is the illest rapper that ever lived nah but you might say the group together like when he was with cl smooth they put out classic music yes but does that make them one of the greatest hip-hop groups of all time no because when you look at okay then gang Gangstar's a group, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, I know, but I don't really look at them a the group. If okay. you ask me about okay. group, I think of somebody like then that's A Tribe fair. Called Quest.
0: You're, all right, you're right, you're right then. Because when Civil reruns. <laughs> oh, so no, nah, I ain't gonna do that to you. I, I could drop that on you. I'm not gonna do that though because you're my homie and you don't deserve that live.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay, that's but, the but way I, I see your
0: point it. though. I see your point. They're more like that's what it they is work to together but they're not a full-fledged yeah. group. Okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the setup (laughs) produced by havoc um what what did you think of the setup
2: i didn't like havoc's verse on it because of the aforementioned comments but yeah i've always kind of liked havoc's uh his production like oh yeah like he deserves the the fame that he got i always heard he took a long time in the studio but that's irrelevant because however much time it takes (laughs) to make good music that's how long it takes but i don't know like if you look, there's a lot of tension that is coming out of Queensbridge between Nas and Mob Deep, yeah. and a lot of people. I mean, I'm I'm not even gonna front like I know everything that happened with this, but I think I think it's jealousy. I think what happened, jealousy. Nas came out as the best thing out of Queensbridge since like MC Shan, mm-hmm. and then Mob Deep was always always in Nas's shadow. They were never able to get out of it, no matter how much work that they did or how good that they got and that tension was always there and i think you can hear it in the music almost because when you listen to like havoc in it it doesn't sound like like any other song where you see two rappers come together rapping like they're best friends or something like that like when you listen to uh jay-z and uh, biggie that's going to be on reasonable doubt you're going to say Man, I bet those two just hang out all the time, man. They were tight. It does sound it does They made sound good forced. music together, but they lacked the chemistry together, and it just felt like Havoc just threw on a verse into it. Yeah. But still a decent song.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I thought Nas, once again, Nas' lyrics were on point. And I agree with the Havoc flow. I'm not a big Havoc fan either, but I, like I said, if they were a real group, <laughs> I would think they would be in top tens. So. But the setup actually brings the album up a little bit. Especially from the last two joints. Because Foxy's the last one you hear on Affirmative Action. Right. So that's kind of hard to take. (laughs) Yeah. And then you get in the sit-up, and sit-up brings you up a little bit. Then we get track number 10, Black Girl Lost, produced by L.E.S. and the Trackmasters, featuring JoJo from KC and JoJo.
1: Like ISIS, she got your heart broken, felt lifeless. Grow up, girl, and said you want revenge, so now you act the nicest. To who's ever getting down the Trifus? To get his mind, all you do is give him something priceless. Cousin Tom here realized the thighs is all he need. More than weed, then you hit him off with lies and greed. There you go again, starting walls, making me more yours. Seem to get a kick out of keeping me on all fours. Face glistening, I'm addicted to you. Original wisdom body got me picturing you.
0: Igloos, the ice tricking on you. This track is really good. Really good. Like Lyrically, this,
2: I really like it.
0: Um, I feel like this could also kind of be one of the things that Nas had written down around the Illmatic era, and he just kind of brought it back out of the, his notebook when he found a beat for it. Because the story and the idea and the execution, I'm I'm really a big fan of it.
2: One thing I, I mentioned earlier when we listened to it, I think it was uh, Black Girl Lost, mm-hmm. is even though I think he may have written this song then, the feel of the song almost seems like... It, it must have been recorded as one of the last ones because it felt more like a song that I thought should have been on Nas's next album, which was I Am.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. And it probably would have made I Am that much better if you put it on there. Definitely. I am a fan of I Am because it's real, my first real exposure to Nas and everybody hates me for it. But I can listen to I Am all the way through and be very happy with it.
2: I, I'm the same way, actually. Uh, I mean, I listen to a lot of old school stuff. Mm-hmm. But... I I've totally missed out on Illmatic when it came out. I had to retroactively go back to Illmatic yeah, and so discover I. it.
0: I didn't listen to Illmatic for the first time until 2004. It's alright. Thank God for we'll the digital We'll save endeavor.
2: that for our hip-hop confession session.
0: Yo, don't we, you're leaking stuff. Shit. Damn. <laughs> fuck. It's bad as the internet. Track number 11. <laughs> <laughs> this track is called Suspect, produced by LES. Um, is it bad? I don't remember this track. You know, I was thinking the same thing. I got, like, nothing I mean,
2: to contribute to this song. I know right.
0: we we were kind of getting intense there towards the end of this album <laughs> or the Mario Kart, but I really don't remember much. It just kind of sounds like some background noise. It's
2: got to be a song that I skip every time if I can't even remember it even my song title.
0: Yeah, I mean, this isn't even a title that comes up, like, if you type in Nas on Google, you'll see certain songs pop up on Google. You don't see no Nas suspect. So,
2: I'm going to... I, it had left it, nothing. We memorable. just listened to it, like so. There's <laughs> like two seconds ago, and we've listened to this album like eighteen thousand times. Yeah,
0: I, I, this album, I guess it's just average or mediocre at this <laughs> point because I don't remember nothing. So after we get set up in Black Girl Lost, you get another dip with Suspect. So track number twelve, Shootouts, produced by Trackmasters. What do you think of this? I liked, I liked this track actually. I do. Like, I know it's probably um one of the least favorite songs on this album, but I I don't know. It just kind of, it kind of works for me. It's one
2: of your least favorite or overall? No,
0: I, I've heard people say they don't like shootouts, and I've heard people say they do. It's mm-hmm. another one of those hidden and miss tracks. Yeah. But I, I tend to like shootouts. Yeah. I don't, like, if it came up on a random, if I was listening to Nas, I'd definitely listen to it.
2: And, you know, it always reminds me, this song, anyway, of a lot of CDs that were out this time that were, like, over... You know, 12 tracks long, like ones that had like 17 tracks yeah. all crammed on the CD. When you get towards the end, there's some you're just like, ah, oh, we'll throw that on there. Yeah. And not that it doesn't belong, it's just it's the just quality there. of a track number, you know, 14, 15, 16 song is nothing compared to the first part of it. But, and Nas is one of those dudes that even his worst work, like, say, You Owe Me, <laughs> I will listen to You Owe Me, though. Yeah. But even his worst work is still better than a lot of artists' best work. And yeah. that's one of the things that's made Nas nice who he is.
0: Definitely. Track number 13 is called Live Nigga Rap. Um, Live my Obama.
2: Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> produced by Havoc awful. again. And um, and this time, both of Havoc and Prodigy are on his track. Prodigy have a verse? I know he had, I think he did have a little bit of a verse.
2: Yeah, I thought so. But how,
0: no, I don't think he did. He don't got no, no. writing credits. There's no Albert. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I got to say about Prodigy. The dude's name is Albert. I mean, you would think that you would try your best not to let people know your real name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised Jay didn't get him on that. Like
2: hey Albert. He could've. He could've. You know, Easily. Even anybody that dissed him recently, there's a good fad for a good two seconds about dissing a rapper by his first name, Curtis. Yeah, Budden could have got him. <laughs> could've. He didn't even have to. Live, Albert speaks for itself. Live nigga rap is from what I can
0: from what I've seen and heard from people, that's more one of the more popular songs on, on this album. I don't, I, know people know like, why. I don't know either. Because I like the beat, but this song doesn't do other than for me. Not no. really.
2: And it's the same thing what what I said earlier, uh, with the other track that Havoc produced. Is it you just don't feel that chemistry together. Yeah. Like you can understand why they did a song together. They're from the same hood. They're both getting props at the same time. It was natural that they do a song together, but it didn't feel natural when you listen to it. Do you remember
0: what Nas song what songs Nas was on on Hell on Earth and I don't think he was on Infamous without me having to touch the internet browser and mess up the recording.
2: I don't know, but I have to know. Because I, I don't. If you lose our recording, we'll be real upset with you. <laughs> I don't need to know.
0: <laughs> You're still kicking. You're lucky. Um, but yeah, let's find
2: out here. Uh, Damn, so we've been doing this for like 46 minutes. I know. It goes by quick, don't it? Yeah, it does. We might need to break this into two parts just so we have five, I might have to break it into two episodes I
0: have to break it down into two parts get the work fool <laughs> <laughs> you fucking jerk okay Nas wasn't on the infamous wow I totally thought that he- or wait what wait 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 now yeah he was Eye for an eye. Yeah. your beef is mine I don't remember that song do you
2: yeah it's I haven't right. listened to infamous right. in a
0: long time though and on hell and earth I'm, I'm definitely sure there's a Nas song here
2: too bad there's only two songs.
0: On. <laughs> Apparently there's up there goes. Uh, he's on "Give It Up Fast." Give it up fast, quickly like, not slow. See, you remembered off the top of your head. Now compare these two songs to those two songs.
2: I still almost feel like the Nas version wins out because I didn't really like "Give It Up Fast," but I like the, um uh, the one on Infamous with Raekwon. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't bad. Like I kind of wish there was more Nas on that album towards the end. Yeah. Uh, maybe they they made up for a short period of time
0: now i will say though in my opinion the best mob deep nas collaboration was on murder music it's mine yeah that probably was the definitely. most authentic sounding song they ever did the other
2: and that almost feels like it should be on a nas cd doesn't it yeah it does totally
0: it definitely would have fit on nostradamus or i am honestly um track 14 if I ruled the world, Final imagine track, that. By the way, unless the you get the track, Japanese version. Unless you got the Japanese, European CD versions or the US cassette tape version with the bonus track. This song um, featured Lauren Hill. It was the first single from um from It Was Written, produced by Trackmasters
2: and Rashad Smith. Um first single, but was it the second video? Did Street Dreams get a video before this? No. No.
0: This definitely came out first. Yeah. I I, I apologize. I said Street Dreams is the first single. Or the first video,
2: and around this time, uh, Fuji's was doing their thing.
0: Fuji's had just blown up because this this is when Lauren really started getting work like outside work, because Killing Me Softly blown up, the score had blown up, the Fuji's were everywhere, and um, this track, um, it it actually came out really good. Totally. And and the thing was, it was a good song to pick for the first single, because it the lyrics work enough where you can still hear Ilmatic nods in it. Because of the things he's saying at certain points. And then you still have that crossover appeal with the hook. But then, if you're a real Nas fan, you also hear some of the dumb shit he says in the song.
2: <laughs> wow, well, I wish we could remember some of this stuff. When we listen to it, you, you just go nuts.
0: And it's just like... I mean, of course it's hailed as a hip-hop classic by a lot of people now like oh that's one of the classic Nas songs because it was just so big when it came out and the beat is nasty man the track masters
2: did their thing and on the it's beat it's
0: not a bad song where it, people shouldn't say it's one of his great his better songs i mean he still performs it so obviously it still works it's just like
2: for the beginning of the jiggy era though it did its thing on the radio if I the world, imagine, that. Imagine, that.
1: imagine that i free all my songs. be mine, we both shine These last days until it to be paradise life relaxing black, Latino, and Anglo Saxon. Imani exchanged the range, cast, lost Robert Shabazz, free at last. Brand new whips to crash. Then we laugh in the path. The villa houses for the crew, how we do trees for breakfast. Dime sexes have been stretches. So many years of depression make me vision the better living type of place to raise kids in. Opening eyes to the lies, history's told foul, but I'm as wise as the old owl. Plus the gold child, seeing things like I was controlling, click rolling trick in six digits on kicks and still holding trips to paradise that civilize every savage give me one shot i turn tripe like to lavish
0: political prisoners set free stress free no work release purple them threes and jets the thing is with this for me is it just seems like it just seems like at, anybody that wanted was waiting for illmatic too if aes got this track and listened to it really listen to it this is when they knew they weren't getting illmatic too it's when they knew it was going to be different.
2: Totally, I could not agree with that point more.
0: Even with the even with the pink suits and the next video and stuff, even like you just had a sense. Even I
2: don't know whether I don't think this is the last recorded song, but it was the, it belonged at the end because that was it. That was the end of illmatic Nas forever. and the birth of Nas Escobar. Despite the fact, and this is interesting because I totally agree with that point, mm-hmm. but the very next song that you would hear from Nas. Of Nas's own accord would be on I Am, and the very first song was New York State of Mind two. So yeah. New York State of Mind two, um, New York State of Mind one actually was on Illmatic. New York State of Mind two would pick up at the same song, and kind of retweak the beat, and would kind of be paying tribute to what he was, but it's almost like a rebirth of Nas from a wholly different, like parallel universe. Yeah, it was so interesting that that was the next song after this one.
0: I wonder if he. He probably did kind of think about that when he got down the track order, Tom. When I am, because uh, you know Nas, yeah, he he overthinks everything. So he probably did have a little thought going into that. But like I said, this is this is definitely, and also this is another. This is definitely a song that kind of ended an era too, for it did. because if, if people said name one a songs where you knew the early '90s was over and you was getting into the mid '90s. This is definitely one of the songs I'd
2: say. The sound you would not hear a single like this. You might hear a single like this now, and people might even go not so like far that.
0: to say that that Meth and Mary song.
2: Yeah, I bring or the, uh, was was kind of
0: along these lines, but it was so grimy. Even the remix, even the Deddy remix, was grimy with yeah. the Mary J. sample in it. So if you had, to I mean, the make Biggie sample. In a it.
2: time frame just on sounds, regardless of when the songs came out. All I Need by uh, Method Man and Mary J. Blige. Definitely sounds more the early 90s. Yeah. And if I ruled the world, bridging the very line between the early 90s and the mid-90s.
0: Yeah. And also, I just want a side note. I want to say I miss the way that Mary J used to sing compared to how she sings now. I mean, she's she yeah. can still blow, obviously. But... <laughs> I can't say blow anymore, can I, when it no. comes to singing?
2: Pause. I don't mean she can give like head. 13-year-old boys when it comes to hip-hop. Even
0: though, um, even though, uh, I wouldn't mind finding out about that Mary J. Holla. Um, her old singing just son is so much more passionate and painful compared to what she is now. And it might be because she's in a better place than that then. I mean, she was doing drugs and doing all kinds of wild shit back then compared to where she is now, where she's this fucking icon of singing music and stuff
2: grammy nominee grammy winning grammy winning yeah. <laughs> yeah more importantly
0: and so i mean i guess it's just something i gotta get over but mary just sounded so much different compared to now and actually i feel like we're talking about mary we should talk about lauren a little bit because like i said it's when lauren blew up because i think right after this she yeah. did um the Miss common Education. song no she did the common song
2: um oh you're doing about abortion yeah <laughs> i don't like that song i love both the hook artists. is good
0: i like the hook that was on his um third album one day it yeah. all makes sense i can't remember what it's called though. she was
2: doing everything at that point like really i mean without question once you hear um well, what what's the one song um the lauren hill song the big single uh uh doo-wop no doo-wop was like her first single by herself lost ones no 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 no, no. that was on the fuji's album
0: the lauren song that she's by herself killing me softly
2: yeah killing me softly <laughs> Okay, uh, Brain fart. Uh, Killing Me Softly, everyone got a glimpse of the talent that Lauryn Hill had.
0: Yeah, because the first Fuji's album, they were doing all that reggae. You're just
2: ah, oh, she can rap. She's a girl that can rap. There were a ton of girls that could rap in the 90s. <laughs> I know, Lauren, you weren't that special, sweetheart. But when she could sing, you're like, oh, well, let's put her in sister act. <laughs> Whoopi's like, word. No, really. I mean, blew everybody away. Like, that's when you knew she was gonna be a star no matter what she did and she got on her own with her own creative process that she was gonna do something special yeah definitely knew right so that overall what are your thoughts of this album
0: before I listen to this album again I would go so far to say that it wasn't as bad as a rep as it gets
2: yeah we totally kinda ripped to the shreds it's not really like that
0: um like, I like I know I said in an early podcast that it's not as bad as people say it is. And honestly, it's not. But just from the l- taste I have in my mouth, pause from listening to it before this, I'm not very happy right now. <laughs> I mean, for not, like, when I listen to Nas, I got my Nas CDs I'm going to listen to. I'm going to listen to Hip Hop Is Dead. Listen to I Am. I can listen to it and be th- happy, thrilled. I listen to this album, it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> Alright, guess I'll yeah. go take a shit now. Maybe go water some plants, you know. I can't put my there day. Of like
2: Street's Disciple. Where you're like, there were some hot songs on it. But I'm not gonna listen to all of it. We all know through. Street's
0: Disciple was too long though. Yeah. Try and meet his his contract though.
2: But you're not gonna throw this on loop and you're not gonna listen to it nonstop.
0: No. No. I mean there there is good songs on it and like I said, Nas's lyrics is in bed, but I think the whole I'm trying to put it together. The whole concept of the album didn't come together like it should have. I mean, it, you get good songs. It's good hip-hop CD. It's better than a lot of other people's, a lot of sophomore albums that ever came out. But the, it just didn't come completely together. And that's the reason why I'm kind of like, eh, my final, what else am I going to do now?
2: My final notes on this is, okay, this is a sophomore album. We talked about, I think we talked about a little bit about how a sophomore, sophomore album... Yeah. But see, the first album, Illmatic, you know, he probably had been working on Illmatic his entire life up to recording it. That's... He's yeah, a that's one thing artist.
0: people always say.
2: and But then when he got to this point, this is probably the first real album that he had to do under the, the watchful eye of his record label. And... Yeah. They were probably like, yeah, yeah that's good that we cause... put all this into you. You got... Like You're an incredible artist. The street loves you. The The magazines love you. Everybody's paying attention to Nas. And once they knew, okay, this is going to be an artist that we're going to put millions of dollars into your budget and get you all the hottest people at the time on your record, they they started to mold them a little bit. They started to make it more pop.
0: Yeah. The, I, I didn't even consider that because considering what he got to do on Illmatic when... It was just kind of like he's a hot rapper and we signed him to our label. And you had MC Search taking him around and getting beats from Premiere and Pete Rock and all these people. Compared to now, you definitely see the label influence. And another thing is Illmatic didn't sell that well. It didn't go platinum to like oh
2: three. Well, no, I don't think they... I think Illmatic took Columbia by surprise. I think they signed him yeah. when they were signing everybody else. They didn't put any famous guest appearances on the album because they didn't expect Nas. They didn't get money for it. They didn't expect him at all to be as good as what he was. And once they saw the potential, wait a minute, this this is this is good. I mean, this is marketable. We can do this. And around the same time, hip hop was crazy getting exploited at this time, and you can see it.
0: Yeah. So, so that, they, that definitely factors into.
2: So you could say Columbia killed Nas. Fuck you, Columbia. Word, fuck you,
0: Tommy Matola, Fuck more, anyway, <laughs> I care anyway. But I guess that concludes the um, the nice portion of this episode.
2: Okay, and we're going to get on to uh, to reasonable doubt, and then we'll make a little bit more of a comparison once we've given you a more detailed in depth.
1: So that
0: concludes our It was written portion of this Album versus Album episode Hip Hop Manifesto episode number 4 Slowly making our way up the charts Um Hopefully this will get you to go out And pick up Nas' album, his second album Like we said before Some hate it, some love it Me and Matt currently hate it We just don't think it stands up As much as we thought it did Um, But let us know your opinions, because we definitely want to know what you think, Um, because you shouldn't see it from our view solely. Next part of this episode, we didn't want to give you two hours yet, so next part of this episode is actually the Reasonable Doubt portion, where we talk about Jay-Z's first album. And I I think it's about the same length, but I know there's going to be a lot of gushing compared to what we did with It Was Written. We really weren't trying to be biased, at least uh, Matt wasn't. Maybe I was, but um. Anyway, you can stop this now and like um go to the next episode if you want. Go get some popcorn, you know. Maybe use the bathroom, eat, have a beer, Or maybe you do all those things while you listen to the podcast. Whatever floats your boat. So uh, we'll go ahead and get off of here because Nas is coming, and Nas scares me, and and he should scare you too. Hip Hop Manifest Little Podcast. Stay tuned.